It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. And as always, like I said, Daryl always seems to be in the same spot. Although, in the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, Daryl will be somewhere in beautiful West Virginia, right? Take me home, West Virginia. I'll be hiding in a bunker somewhere in the middle of West Virginia. I am, in a, figuratively. <laughs> I am in our downtown studios today. The studio that we normally do our regular radio show is across the hall. Meredith is actually in the building today. She is across the hall over there too. So, but not that anybody really cares because we're talking about the Browns right now. And that's what we always talk about on this show. When you're looking for the latest, more in-depth information on the Cleveland Browns and the rest of the NFL, you know it's always game day in Cleveland. You know we love having you as a part of the show, especially if you're watching now on our YouTube uh, stream, which is always kind of fun too. So not only can you listen to us through the Odyssey app, but now you can watch us on YouTube as we do the show. And you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GameDayCLE. Big and news today. Oh, oh, go ahead, sorry. Before we get into the big news, to uh, subscribe on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash at the at symbol 923 the fan. And you can subscribe to the station page, which uh, my understanding, there'll be some things added to that in the, uh, in the, in the coming weeks and months. But right now uh, our, it's always game day in Cleveland uh, vlog or vlogcast, right? Since mm-hmm. it's, you know, our, or uh, vidcasts or whatever can be uh, watched there uh, on YouTube. Thanks to uh, those that have already subscribed to the YouTube page. Thanks to everyone that has subscribed uh, to our podcast pages on Apple and Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get them. We appreciate you. We love you. Leave us a rating. Tell your friends. Uh, Make sure that, uh, again, uh, most importantly, you subscribe. And uh, you can even leave us a comment. And if you don't want to leave us a comment there, Hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE or find us individually, Baskin or myself. Yeah, the other thing too, just to kind of lean into it, and as a present for you for watching and listening to us on Game Day, um, 
in Cleveland that uh, there are cameras now in our on-air studio. So it's just a matter of time before I would think that we, you would be able to either see them hot or recorded for what we've done in our previous shows throughout the day. So uh, that's a little gift from us to you. There are cameras in there now. The question is, um, when will they be used and where are we going with that? All right, now let's go to another story where there's a camera involved, only this one has to do with the exiting of a player for the Browns, former fourth-round pick. Perry and Winfrey is now out of work after being released uh, from the Browns. Daryl, what's the latest on this story? And just kind of get everybody up to speed on what exactly happened. Yeah, so what happened is uh, Fox 8 on Wednesday morning published a story. Uh, indicating- Fox 8 Cleveland, if you're watching somewhere yeah, else. Fox just 8 Cleveland. Um, they published a story uh, from their I-team uh, in which uh, Cleveland police uh, had opened an investigation into Winfrey uh, who is uh, accused of um, showing that he was carrying a gun uh, to uh, a, a woman uh, during a disagreement with her uh, video, by the way, of that disagreement from the uh, alleged victim's perspective had made its way onto social media. And so uh, the Browns, shortly after Fox 8 published their story, I got a text uh, that, you know, our our intention is to release uh, Perry on Winfrey. We will have a formal announcement shortly. And that's when I started texting everyone uh, that was working uh, at the station to give them the heads up. Hey, this, in fact, is coming down. So before you go on and just trash the Browns because this guy is still a Cleveland Brown, understand that he will be released at some point and the team will make that announcement when they were prepared to do that. And it just so happened to be like literally two minutes after I sent that text to a few folks, they did make the announcement that they uh, went ahead and released him. And and the bottom line is Andy is this um, uh, production breeds tolerance with teams. Uh, the more productive you are, the bigger the star you are, the more teams are willing to put up with. Is that right? Is it fair? No, but that's life. Um, the bottom line is that, yes, there are times where different rules and standards apply to different people. The other thing here to keep in mind is there is a lengthy, and when I say lengthy, I am not exaggerating. There's a lot of stuff that I have heard that I certainly am not going to publicize, um, but none of it is good. Like, I have not heard anything good about Perry and Winfrey uh, and various uh, things regarding his professionalism uh, as an NFL player for the Cleveland Browns. And they had been extremely patient with him. In fact, this offseason, they basically, I call them the come to Jesus meetings, right? Where they say, listen, if you don't shape up, you're going to ship out. It's that simple. We're done. You're on thin ice. This is it for you. And they had that meeting with him. This offseason after uh, he was charged in Texas with that misdemeanor assault, which, by the way, got a second lease on life with because the charge got dismissed. He had to complete a diversion program, and yet it was a misdemeanor assault charge. But if you read what he was accused of in that, some pretty disturbing stuff. Um. And, 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 and so um, enough was enough for the Cleveland Browns. And it didn't take long, though, for him. You know, we talked about this on the air that, you know, I wonder when the Browns were made aware of what the situation was going on. And then, you know, it was weird. It was like 
uh, the morning show, our, our uh, Ken and, and uh, Anthony had been saying this is going on. And literally in the three minutes that we were switching people in the room, he had been released. I mean, it didn't take very long. But you had talked about kind of the inner workings of how this stuff goes along. And then the other point is I think fans might say, well, you know, he wasn't arrested and there's no legal, official legal matter other than the fact there's an investigation, which is those are just words. Um, and then they let him go. I mean, any boss can let anybody go like that. I mean, it's well, it's the way it is. Now, if it's wrongful termination, then you figure that out in court. But uh, it doesn't feel like it's wrongful. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, they I, waved. I, I just I know that this story is not a good story. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, the players get waived every day in the National Football League. So correct. They, they, that's they, that's they, a bigger point. They, they are not required to specify why they waived him, but connect the dots. It's real easy to understand sure. why the Browns uh, waived him. Uh, you're right. Not a good situation. I, again, allegations are just that they are allegations, but look, they put up with a lot of crap from him last year as a rookie. I mean, he, he was sent home from practice be, because of unprofessionalism um, and was inactive that week. He did not return to the facility until after the game had been played. Um, and then basically he was on probation <laughs> for lack of a better phraseology. <laughs> um, so, and, and there were, my understanding is there was a lot of other stuff that was going on behind the scenes with him and what missing team meetings and, uh, or positional meetings, uh, not basically, I'll just say this. Um, he was not fulfilling his obligations as a professional football player for the Cleveland Browns. And, you had coaches, you had members of the front office, you had teammates. They all were trying to wrap their hands around this guy and, and help him and, and, and explain to him. So it's hard for me, and I, I don't mean this to sound cold and callous, but I, I have no sympathy for Perry and Winfrey. Um, you, had, you had a chance to uh, create – a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, whether it's uh, wealth for your family, play in the National Football League, things like that, you, you just you, he had these opportunities and he, he blew it by getting involved in this nonsense off the field. And it's just, it's unfortunate. I, I guess that's where my sympathy ends. Like, it, it's unfortunate. He had a golden opportunity and unfortunate that he wasn't able to take advantage of it. It's unfortunate that he was given second and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances with the Browns and that it ultimately resulted in his release. All right, Daryl, let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. We're going to come back and talk more about the Browns. A big day uh, as this week as we start to explore the players coming to town before they head to West Virginia. The start of everything is here right now with the rookies and the quarterbacks reporting to Berea. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin. Quick reminder, mobile sports betting is legal here in the state of Ohio, and BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or by downloading the BetQL app and claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, the boys are trickling into town, and then they're going to head out of town over the weekend, much like Darrell will when he goes to uh, Greenbrier. But right now, the rookies and the quarterbacks are in town on Wednesday. If you're listening to this, it'll be their first day in. And then on Friday, the veterans return. Everybody else is in on Friday. So that's kind of the way they're breaking it all out. But the big thing is the rookies are back and so are the quarterbacks uh, as we do this podcast. Daryl, when you look at this rookie class and I, and as I look at the depth charts and try to figure some things out, this might be one of those few years where you aren't automatically relying on a rookie to come out and have an impact on game one against Cincinnati. And uh, I think it's a little refreshing to know that as long as everybody stays healthy throughout camp, you could have a entire veteran lineup of 22 guys that have all played for existing teams in, in games going into game one. Yeah, th- this is not a year in which uh, you're dependent upon your rookie class. Um, you know, Cedric Tillman, uh, their top pick there in the third round. I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from him uh, this year. I kind of learned my lesson from uh, last year. Um, in when I expected David Bell to do all these things, you know, we, we, I had been hyping him up feeling like he was going to have an immediate impact as a rookie and that just never really materialized. So, um, certainly the organization has, uh, a, a pretty high ceiling set for Cedric Tillman, but I think people need to be very realistic about just exactly what his impact is going to be Siaki Aiki, uh, you know, the third round pick there. Uh, I, I don't, again, don't know. Uh, maybe he's in the defensive line rotation. Maybe he's not same thing with, uh, Isaiah McGuire. They're uh, a fourth round pick. I mean, basically they, they drafted a lot of guys, uh, like Luke Whipler, the, the center sixth round pick, not expecting to see, uh, much of him. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, um, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's the backup quarterback in the making, like not this year, but right. line, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll be an inexpensive backup, a quarterback, um, you know, uh, Isaiah McGuire and other defensive linemen, again, don't just don't know really what to, uh, expect from him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's not a class where I'm coming in with expectations that players are going to have immediate impacts on the field. So um, Daryl, let me, let me throw this at you with Jim Schwartz as the new defensive coordinator. Right. Don't you think that Siaki and, and Cameron Mitchell are two guys that if they run a, a, a high energy defense, that's constant and change and keep moving that they're going to get opportunities if he's going to continue, if he wants to make quick changes and wants to 
move it that that having this defensive coordinator could be beneficial if you're a young guy trying to get a couple of few snaps here and there to get into the game and and yeah. give um and give the defense an opportunity to to switch looks very quickly. I mean, I, I can't argue against that, but again, I just I have no expectations that these rookies are going to do much this year. It, it to mm-hmm. me, I, I feel like this is a draft and develop class for the Browns. Um, I, I think that if we start seeing a lot of these rookies, that means guys have gotten hurt. You know, they, they, we're, we're going to see them because we have to see them. Um, so that's why I just it's not that I'm down on the rookie class, not at all. It's just, that I'm trying to set reasonable expectation for Browns fans as, as far as what they're going to see from these guys. Um, I, I just, I don't think that you're going to see a whole lot of them unless you absolutely have to. Um, Daryl, when you, uh, it, it, I guess when you look at Perry Winfrey and then you look at Dawson Deaton, who they released last week, right? Because of injury, it's former yeah. seventh round pick. So now we're going to start looking at, we will look at the roster as far as having attrition from guys that have actually been drafted by here. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, well, um, this is, uh, I, I said this uh, in the off season, I stand by it. This is one of those situations where um, the safety blanket of being drafted by Andrew Barry does not apply this year. Um, you know, he was very reluctant uh, the last couple of years to release his draft picks. He kept them on the roster. He got rid of some veterans just so he could keep his draft picks around. I think that that philosophy for Andrew Barry now changes, quite frankly. I, I think that this year you're going to see some of Andrew Barry's draft picks be let go. Um, you know, Anthony Schwartz, in my view, is right at the top of that list. I, I think he is a long shot at best to make this football team. Uh, he's a third-round pick from the 2021 draft. Uh, really has not taken that leap forward that the organization felt that he was going to be able to take. So uh, he's really at the top when you talk about guys that are on the bubble coming into training camp. I don't even know if he's on the bubble. Like I don't. I, I, I think that he has to have just such an incredible camp and preseason just to get himself on the bubble. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, I know exactly. Yeah, I, I see it. And I understand it. And then Daryl uh, is another guy that I think that comes into camp on the bubble. And the reason why is because of the re- return rule changes. So returners are not. Yeah, I'm sorry. I Were you saying Jakeem Grant? I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed that there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I think he comes to camp on the bubble now because of uh, him, uh, it, it, the new rules. So like my re- receivers right now, Andy, I've got Amari Cooper. I got Donovan Peoples-Jones. I got um, Elijah Moore. Those are my top three guys. Uh, you mm-hmm. got Marcus Goodwin in there. You've got uh, Tillman. Donovan Peoples-Jones in there. Um, Cedric Tillman, is that what you were thinking? Yeah. You know, yeah, Cedric Tillman. Like, I'm already at six. I, I, David Bell would be the next, right? Yeah, so I, maybe I, it's Bell against Grant trying to fight it out for that six spot or – you know, you still have Dalen Baldwin. You got Rayshon Henry. You got some other guys that are going to try to compete. But yeah, like I'm, I'm at roster spots already. Like, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Daryl. Do you think because uh, Jeff and I were talking about this too when it comes to the roster itself that <clears throat> when you break down the roster that this team when they go to draft they draft the position by the round rather than the name. Case in point, 
<coughs> excuse me, case in point that you've got three wide receivers that they've drafted third rounders, Schwartz, Bell, and Tillman. And then uh, I was trying to think there was another, oh, like running back, that the, they wouldn't <laughs> draft a running back outside of five or six. Or um, the other one was linebacker. Like linebacker seems to be a slotted third round thing too with Jacob Phillips and Sione Takitaki and, you know, maybe Tony Fields as a fifth rounder. You know what I'm saying? Like when they look at drafting, and they try to figure out who they want. You know what I'm saying? It seems like they're slotted. Yeah. The position is slotted by round, not so much the the player's name. Now, Andrew Berry will tell us that they're taking the best player that's available to them on their board. Like they're they are taking the guy that meets you know all their requirements both on and off the field, right? Health, things like that mixed in there as well. But like it's hard not to draw that conclusion you just laid out because I mean, the, the pattern is there and we can only go by the established pattern. So you're not going to get me to debate you on that because I, I just, I don't have a lot of ammunition other than just to say, well, you know, when we talk to Andrew about things like that, you know, pattern and, and whatnot, his response is, Hey, we, we draft the, the, the best player that's, that's on our board uh, at our uh, time. We also didn't talk about the quarterbacks, and I'm sure we're going to get into this a lot deeper as we get into camp. But when you, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson is the man, and now you wonder Dorian Thompson Robinson and Josh Dobbs, and they seem very comfortable with Josh Dobbs as being the backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, Josh Dobbs will be the backup this year, uh, if anything, to kind of mentor uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson a little bit. Hey, here's, here's how you do the, the backup job professionally, right? Um, love Josh Dobbs. He's a great kid. I hope I don't see him on the field this year. Like I, I do not want to see Josh Dobbs on the football field this year. And again, that's nothing against him. That just means that, you know, something's happened to Deshaun Watson and the Browns need Deshaun Watson on the field, uh, playing at an elite level for them to go where they aspire to go this coming season. So um, yeah, the plan is to groom DTR to be the backup court because right now they're I think they're paying Josh Dobbs two million dollars. So you've got 48 in change in cash invested in the quarterback position right now. Okay. Um if you can cut, believe me, if you can slice two million dollars off that and just stick with Deshaun's 46 and maybe a couple of hundred grand for DTR at that position and then you know, like Kellen Mond is, is still here, obviously. I get that. And you know, I, I, the, the whole point is, if you don't have to invest any money that involves a seventh figure, if you can keep it a six-figure investment on your backup quarterback, when you're paying that kind of that – that's just kind of uh, an, an added benefit. And I think that that's what Andrew Berry has set himself up for. And let's say, right, let's just say for the sake of this discussion that DTR – has amazing preseasons while he's here with the Browns, right? Let's say the next three years he's with the Browns, he's just amazing in the preseason. Well, then Andrew Berry sets himself up to do what Bill Belichick like became the king of doing with the New England Patriots, and that is drafting and developing these backup quarterbacks and then spinning them off because obviously you weren't replacing Tom Brady with them, right? You're not going to replace Deshaun Watson with DTR 
at least you hope you don't have, right? You hope that Deshaun plays at that elite level. So, because when they brought him here, it wasn't just about that five-year contract, $230 million fully guaranteed. The thinking is by bringing Deshaun here, he's the quarterback for the next decade plus. That's that's the whole uh, motivation. So you could then maybe flip DTR for a draft asset or maybe a player that you you know you need or something like that. So the, that's this is what good GMs do. Andrew Barry is really really good at his job. Um, I don't always agree with uh, how he goes about his job. Uh, I don't always agree with some of the personnel decisions he's made, but he is really good at his job. He's really, really intention, uh, uh, or you know, he, he's really, really intentional about what he does. So um, you can be critical and respect the job somebody does as well, and that's kind of where I'm at with Andrew Barry. I think he's very good at his job, but he's not perfect, and there is no such thing as a perfect GM. Daryl, more on the roster and the helmet reveal, all straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's always game day in Cleveland. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit about the roster. We talked about the Perry and Winfrey news uh, in this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. I want to go back and ask you a question about the quarterbacks before we get to the helmets. And, you know, we we brought up the subject of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR. And I'm wondering if they try to slip him onto the practice squad. Would he make it through? And how much the effect, Daryl, of having one big cut is going to have on rosters throughout the year? Well, the whole reason the Browns were among, I want to say it was like 22 or 23 GMs around the league, uh, and teams, GMs, whatever, around the league that supported that uh, personnel change in doing the one full roster cut from 90 to 53. And the reason why is because that it'll be easier to sneak players through the waiver wire. Uh, And uh, that cut down day will be uh, Tuesday, August 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. I wanted to make sure I had the date right, so I had to look it up on my phone there. Um, But the the thought is now, all right, so if you have, what is that, 37 players, right, right, to go from 90 down to 53? So you go... 37 times 32 teams in the league, that's 1,184 names that are going to hit the waiver wire on that day. Now, imagine 31 other general managers, right, combing through all of, uh, combing through basically 1151 or whatever. 
uh, mm -hmm. names to try and find. It's it's going to be very very difficult to do, right? So that is the whole motivation behind go instead of having the step down cut down from ninety to seventy five, then down to fifty three. It's just we're going to go from ninety to fifty three, and that helps us sneak some guys through the waiver wire that we want to get re-signed to the practice squad. So um, I do think that it's going to be – that might be one of the more interesting roster decisions to be made because let's be honest about it. This roster is pretty much set for the first 45 positions. Yeah, it doesn't – it seems like it comes down to wide receivers, Daryl, and then whatever they do with the quarterback with the, and whatever they do at backup running back too. That's – I mean, just a quick look at our roster. Yeah, I mean, how many running backs do they keep? How many quarterbacks do they keep on the active roster? How many wide receivers? Do they keep a seventh wide receiver or do they stick with the traditional six uh, wide receivers? Like, uh, uh, you know, Demetric Felton, who's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. You know, where does he fit in? Uh, he's been working with running backs now. After the previous couple of years, he's with spent most of his time with the receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see where he falls. Um I think they're going to keep a you know healthy amount of uh, defensive backs, safeties, and corners. Uh, you know they're going to keep nine, ten, maybe even more defensive linemen because again, Jim Schwartz has been very open in saying I want that rotation up front. You know I want I don't want Miles Garrett to have to play all eighty defensive snaps in a game. I want him to play maybe sixty defensive snaps, and those sixty defensive snaps are the most critical, the, the most important, so that I'm getting the most out of him, so to speak, right, from, from a, a rest and recovery. So he's not worn down by the fourth quarter because when you look at Miles's like, sack numbers, right, it's only been a handful of games where he's flipped games on their heads in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, 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 the week one tie a few years ago with the Steelers comes to mind when he had a couple of sacks that uh, – allowed the Browns to kind of come back in that game. Uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers game last season, right? Uh, he had the, the sack late in the game that, that helped him. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals a few years ago, he had a couple of uh, strip sacks, and that kind of turned things. But there, there haven't been a lot of fourth-quarter impact on a consistent basis from Miles, and that's because so much is asked of him being doubled and triple teamed. And you hope guys like Zadarius Smith coming in, bringing him. And that's why last year was somewhat disappointed with Jadavian Clowney, but the previous year with Clowney worked out beautifully because they had like 25, 26 sacks combined between them. Cause Clowney was able to take some attention away from miles. And that's what they're looking for. Zadarius Smith, except for they're going to play the defensive line a little differently. Now it's more, it's going to be more of a one-on-one -on -one type of game you go out there you kick the butt of the guy in front of you you don't worry about the other 10 guys around you and what they're doing and we're, we're going to take some of this uh, uh you know paralysis by analysis uh, uh, away from you especially those guys in the secondary you're not going to have to sift through all these scenarios in your head as the game as plays are progressing and then that's how you have breakdowns you're like wait a minute i thought we were supposed to do this no we're, that happens so you were supposed to do this and that's what was happening a lot under Joe Wood. So it is going to be very, very fascinating, you know, to see what the final roster numbers by position, uh, you know, how they break out with, uh, as, as you mentioned, the receivers, the running backs, uh, the corners, and the defensive line. All right, so just quickly going back to, to Winfrey, not about the player, but the roster spot. Now, <clears throat> they'll probably bring in another player for practice. I don't even know that his roster spot was secure for the regular season, but yeah. – 
How does that? Cha- I mean, it looks like on paper, Tommy Togi, I might move back up the depth chart, but that's you know that's an Orlads thing, maybe more than anything else. Yeah, um, Perrion came in on the bubble to begin with, so now he doesn't right. he doesn't even make it to camp. Um, I think that they, I, I would anticipate that they're going to bring in a defensive lineman to to fill that spot. Um, I don't, All right. I don't know that Tommy Togi moving up the the depth chart is uh, making any waves. No. All right. So let's get to the other big story of the week: the helmet reveal. So they have a white helmet; they'll wear it for three games, primetime games primarily, right? Yeah. So uh, and uh, the striping ended up being brown, orange, brown instead of brown, white, brown. So that's too that's- big of a story for the media right now. Everyone, I mean, everyone was talking about. It. We're talking about it. <clears throat> this is a second straight podcast in a row. Is this really that big a deal? It's it's fun. I mean, hey, I, you know me. I'm. I love talking uniforms. It's fun. I agree. It's fun. But uh, so they, they will wear the uniforms week two against the Steelers, uh, week six against the 49ers, and week 17 against the Jets. Great. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited, but at the end of the day, like I was reading, I was reading the Bengals stuff about it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we had a white helmet first. And I was like, whatever. Who cares? Like, does it really? And by the way, didn't the Browns actually wear a white helmet first? Yes. When they came into the league. So it's like, I mean, are we seriously, we're going to go back and forth about the stripes on the bank. By the way, should we have said, oh, nice job, Bengals, when you came out with your helmet that had nothing on the one side and a generic cheesy sticker that said Bengals on the other? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say this. The, 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 The white throwback uniforms with the white helmet are better than the Browns' traditional white uniform. I'm sorry, I said it. I said it, I, I, but I, I think that it is, it is just such an amazing look. I, I, I love it's so clean or it's, you just like it. It's so clean. It jumps off at you. I love the night that 1946 throwback uniform. And then you put the, the corresponding matching white helmet with that. Cause this, they wanted to wear this last year, but they couldn't because the two shell rule. Uh, by the way, Seattle Seahawks unveiled their 80s, uh, 80s, 90s throwback uniforms mm-hmm. this week. Philadelphia Eagles have a bunch of teams. It's I guess we can call it throwback uniform season now around the National Football League. So um, we're, we're, we're seeing that where teams are, uh, you know, jumping in on the, uh, the the way back machine because they have the opportunity now with this two shell rule. Because remember, like, I think what, it was- can, can you explain the two shell rule? What do you, what does that mean? So the two shell rule, uh, it originally was just a one shell. So believe it or not, explain to me what a shell is. Explain to everybody what a shell shell's is. The helmet. Okay. okay. The helmet, ba- the, the, the helmet base. So what happened is, is teams were allowed to have two helmets for each okay. individual player. And that was a game helmet and a practice helmet. And the practice helmet was the backup helmet to the game helmet in case, you know, they had to get it reconditioned or something like that. Cause that happens where helmets get reconditioned in the middle of a season and things like that. Um, but some guys have the helmet that has like the Pentagon on the front right. for extra so release. And some guys player, don't wear it where they are the other side, the other kind, right? player is now permitted to pick the style of helmet that they are comfortable wearing. And that is a safety initiative. That's why you see the shells are different uh, for each individual guy. Like you said, I got to tell you the shell thing really goofs me up because in hockey, a shell is something you wear over your pants. That's okay. why I'm getting, that's why I like, I mean, I know what you're talking about for football, but I do know that if people follow other sports, right. 
like it gets goofy. So I'm glad you explained it because I don't know that everybody gets it. Yeah. So now they're allowed to have a secondary shell because like I, like the Bears, I think it was the Bears and Packers had problems because like the their shells didn't match for throwback uniforms. So what they would do is, and the Browns have this too, where they could take the decals off the helmet. And this, so remember when the Browns did the gray numbers, the gray numerals on the side yeah. and the singular white stripe. So the Browns equipment staff had to go through each helmet, remove the Oreo stripe, put in right. the white stripe, put on the individual numbers on the sides of the helmet, swap out the face masks, all that. They had to do that for every single player. And then when that game was over and they went back to the normal helmets, they had to reverse the process. They had to take off the gray face mask, put the brown face mask back on, take off the gray numerals, take off the white stripe, put the Oreo stripe back on, polish them up so you can't even tell that, that you know the, the stickers had been changed and things like that. Well, now with the two-shell rule, they can just have a secondary helmet. So the Browns could have, uh, if they wanted to, they could have just done like an orange helmet, gray face mask with a singular stripe and said, that's our second shell. If that makes sense. Right. But they no, it makes total sense. Yeah. So they instead though, they went with the, with, with a, uh, a white shell. And again, I think it looks beautiful. It's great. I don't, uh, uh, I do find the sponsorship that's associated with it somewhat hilarious, but, um, I think it's funny too. You know, <laughs> we, are, we are, uh, cleaning the orange off our helmets with wipes that are used wipes. to clean men's posteriors <laughs> <I don't... laughs> nothing a little witch hazel can't take care of my friend that's what i always say do you, they miss the opportunity daryl did they miss the opportunity to put a logo or something on the helmet at this point am, or go I with am, a non-traditional stripe i see i i do i would have I mean, I would have liked to see a different uh, uh, non-traditional striping on the helmet, but I get why they they did what they did with it. And it does look great, and it matches those 1946 uh, throwback uniforms perfectly. Um, so I really have no criticisms of what they did and, and how they went uh, about doing it. Um, the, the, there should never be a logo on a Cleveland Browns helmet. I am a traditionalist in that regard. Um, if the team, if the team name ever changes, even the numbers, even the numbers, I, you know, yeah, I'm not a, I, I, I like the fact that the Browns are the only team in the NFL that wears a clean helmet with, with nothing on it. It, it, it is unique. It's special. You know, the, the chargers, they have the lightning bolt and then they also have the numerals. I think it's in power. The numerals are in uh, powder right. blue and it's just such a beautiful look but i like the fact that the browns have the clean uh now you know what would have been interesting if they put the new if they put brown numerals on the white helmet that would have been interesting and i would not have objected to that and brownie the elf on the shoulders but we'll talk about that in oh. another edition of it's always game day in cleveland he's daryl Ryder. i'm andy baskin for meredith can our outstanding producer Thanks for watching. When we return, our next edition, Daryl, live in Greenbrier as the Browns pack their bags and get ready for a little practice before the Hall of Fame game. It's always game day in Cleveland.